Today's scripture comes from Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you, but if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church, and if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Lord, the word of God for the people, people of God. Thanks be to God. may be seated. If we sat here for a few quiet moments and thought back to every community we have ever been a part of, work, family, school, social, sport, and church, I bet if we thought about the communities we have been and are still a part of, we would see that one thing raises its ugly head in everyone. Conflict. Conflict is natural, considering that every community is made up of people who are different from one another, despite sharing whatever common interest or experience brought them together in the first place. If conflict is dealt with in a healthy way, though, it does not have to be all bad. Conflict, when handled honestly, humbly, wisely, can lead to growth. In fact, if there is no conflict, there is a risk that something worse will happen within a community. Stagnation. Mm -hmm. But again, we must handle conflict with honesty, humility, and wisdom in order for its resolution to lead to growth and not dysfunction and resentment. Easily said, but not easily done. Again, just think about the conflicts you have experienced in your life within the communities you have been a part of and how that conflict was addressed. Did people take sides in the conflict, seeking to win, regardless of the consequences to the community as a whole? Were people open to listening and learning, or was everyone just focused on what they had to say about what they already thought? 
Did people get defensive, cast blame, and attack each other's character? Or maybe worst of all, did the conflict just linger unspoken below the surface in the name of keeping peace? A few years ago, upon my return to Alabaster First, after serving a small church on the other side of the county for a couple of years, I began to lead the women's Wednesday night small group. And the first book we used in the study was Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them <laughs> by John Ortberg. The book is all about community and how the flawed people who make up every community that has ever existed can live together in a biblical, healthy, supportive way. And in one chapter of that book, Ortberg talked about conflict resolution and the deep wisdom and insight that one verse of today's scripture has to offer on the topic. So today I thought I would share with you what we in the small group learned about healthy conflict res resolution from Jesus as expounded upon by Ortberg. So verse 15 is that key verse, the first verse in our scripture today, and it reads, if another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. I know the scripture is using the example of conflict within a church, but remember that this wisdom is good for application in any community, including your own family. That said, just hearing this verse again may make some of us in the room, including me, anxious. Because this teaching is so clear. Go to the person that has sinned against you, who has wronged you, go to them and them alone and talk about it. That can't be right, can it? That can't be right. Can't I just avoid them? Can't I just ignore them? Can't I just talk to someone else about them instead of talking to them? This sounds un comfortable. But Jesus tells us that the first thing we have to do is to acknowledge the conflict and take action, direct action. No waiting for the other person to start the conversation and no living in denial that the conflict exists. And by the way, it's not just the person who feels that they have been wronged that Jesus says must take action. Earlier in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, so when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. 
So in short, if you notice a conflict, whether you are the offended or the offender, you are to go to the other person and take steps to resolve the conflict. Now, Jesus says to go and point out the other's fault, their sin, what they did to offend. Jesus says to go and talk to them about it in person. This does not mean that you go to them with all of your ire and anger and self-righteousness leading the way. These emotions, they do have a role to play, if nothing more than they simply help identify that there is something wrong. But they need to be worked through before a healthy conversation can occur with the other person. What did that other person do to make you angry? And what is beneath that anger? You know, anger is just a primary emotion. There is something behind it. Fear, frustration, hurt, embarrassment, jealousy. And sometimes you have to take some time to get behind that burning feeling of anger to figure out what the issue is so that you're better able to discuss the real issue with another person. And let me tell you, if you need help figuring this out, you can just go online and Google emotion wheels. They're very helpful. You start from some core emotions and you work your way out to more specific definitions of what exactly it is that you're feeling. And there's an app. <laughs> there is an app for this. There is an app called How We Feel. And you open it up and it gives you four choices. One of which, and you can kind of get the idea of what the other three are, is high energy, unpleasant. That's where I'm feeling right now. High energy, unpleasant. And then it just gives you a multitude of words to describe what it is that you're feeling. And it helps you get to the core of it. But however you do it, before you approach somebody to work out a conflict, before you approach someone to work out a conflict, you have to digest not only why you felt the way you did about whatever it was that they did, but you have to work out what you want from the conversation. And it's not to be right, and it's not to win, and it's not to make them feel bad or to embarrass them. That's why it's important that it starts one-on-one -on -one and doesn't jump right to the take one or two others with you step. The bottom line is that the conversation's goal should be reconciliation. Or, as the text says, if the member listens to you, you have regained that one. You have brought them back into community with you. If reconciliation is not why you are going to the other person, this person that is a part of your community, if reconciliation is not the end goal, then there is no point in the discussion. Well, 
there is no community-saving, biblically-based point in the discussion. Imagine, if you would, what life in your communities would look like if all of the conflict you feel within your heart and mind and body as an unavoidable part of being in any community, imagine what it would be like if it was dealt with in the way Jesus describes. If we, as individuals, had conversations with each other as individuals, there would be less likelihood of faceless sides forming within the community, wouldn't there? There would be less opportunity for assumptions to be made or for people to not understand the thoughts and feelings of one another. We would become better listeners, not just pontificators. We would learn to understand our own emotions and the emotions of others. We would value the experiences and thought processes of each individual more fully. We would, in short, be the communities God brought us together to be. People who are made stronger and wiser by our differences when we seek to learn from them and to grow with each other. So may we go out into the communities we are a part of, seeking to turn into the conflicts we inevitably experience there and to work through them with Christian love finding ourselves and our communities stronger because of our commitment to refuse to let conflict divide what God has brought together. And may we also, this is important, may we also prayerfully seek the Spirit-given wisdom to know when direct confrontation is dangerous or unwise. And when we must instead lean on the power of forgiveness or maybe even separation instead of the hope of reconciliation. Either way, may we go with the mighty power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within each one of us, striving to always walk in the ways of Jesus Christ, that all we do and all we say may bring glory to our Creator God, whose peace we seek to live in and to share. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, your word sometimes is so simple and so direct and so uncomfortable. We know exactly what it is we should do when we feel this sense of conflict and disagreement within us with a member of our community. But the last thing we want to do oftentimes is to talk to the person directly. Lord, you have given us such wisdom in just these few verses. Help us 
to be strong enough to see them through in our own lives. Help us to to not become resentful, passive-aggressive, argumentative people who break down the power of what you have put together by assembling us in these diverse communities. Help us to be a people of reconciliation and peace, just as you worked so hard to reconcile us to you. May we go leading in love and seeking reconciliation with all that we know. And may we become magnetic communities that speak your word and your grace and your life. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.